what's going on everybody it's your boy real back with another review man hey this is a uh, game of thrones season one episode nine but before we get into that yo salute to everybody that wished me well i'm getting better i'm getting down that road you know what i'm saying recovery i'm in recovery i ain't got no snot tissue so we we upgraded Still got this goddamn canker sore up in the roof of my mouth, though. It's a motherfucker, boy. God, I don't even know how you get these things. But anyway, uh, salute to y'all, man. Discord gang, you know what it is. Uh, all the people on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and you, the viewer. Much love to y'all. This episode, this was an important episode for me personally. Not because of how it ended. But mainly because it reminded me just how fucking dumb I am. Like, I forgot. I forgot a lot. And I just want to start off with that one point before we get into it. It it I was today years old when I realized that Jorah, Khaleesi's, like, personal bodyguard, is the son of the commander of the wall. I was like, what? I've rewatched this. I've rewatched like this season a billion times. And it wasn't until today, which I am very ashamed of, that I had a, oh my God, that was his father? This is the one he disgraced? I was like, oh my God, what? Where was I? And I forgot the, oh, uh, I forgot the, the, uh, Citadel dude was a Targaryen. Oh my God. I was just like, oh, I'm so stupid. For sure. And I messed around and blamed Cersei for the death of, of, of Ned. Which was not was not the case. God. I was like, damn, where have I been, man? I See, this is what happens when you try to watch Game of Thrones and you be having your phone because you're just confident. Like, you know what's going on. I love these rewatches. I'm so stupid. I, I just, oh my God, I'm so ashamed. But... I could have kept that to myself, but you know, real gonna keep it a buck. So I had to share with y'all. I would love to know if any times when uh, during our rewatch did y'all go, "Oh what? Yeah, uh, this whole time that's what it was." Like, please don't make me be the only one, or is everybody just super intuitive and paying attention all the time? Like, ah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. Anyway, so episode nine. This was. A powerful episode. I'm out the gate. Give it a 10 out of 10. It was so good. From the way it started to the way it ended. So you had. You had Bayless. Uh, well, you know, the spider. You had him come down there and meet with Ned again. And that conversation. His conversations with Ned are so perfect. When them two don't have to like. You know, like during the during this season. Anytime they talked, it was like you know, in cold. And it wasn't until shit was hitting the fan that the spider just was like, you know what? I'm going to, uh, Varys was just like, I'm just going to let you know. I'm finna just speak plain. Like shit's about to hit the fan. This is what you should do. Boom, boom, boom. Be on the lookout. Like, I love that. I love when they just canned it. And this is one of their candid conversations. And this is what I missed afterwards. Like, Cause then we see Varys just being his normal, sneaky self, like just moving behind the shadows. Very few times does he get to like outwardly speak his mind, and even with his little 
back and forth with Littlefinger. It was like sub. They was like sub dissing each other in person. Like they was just subtweeting each other, but like live. Everybody they knew what they were saying to each other, but they still just wouldn't outwardly say it. And it says something to that. It says something to that. So I appreciate the times when they just keep it a buck. And and they're just down there like, yo, well, you must become my best friend now. And he's just like, what the what the fuck do you want, man? Like, I love Ned. He's just like, what do you want? I don't want to hear about these goddamn tricks and the and these words. And just please, plain talk. I'm I'm from the north. Keep give it to me straight up. What do you want? And he just answered, I want peace. Your son is coming down here with an army starting shit. That means a lot of death for a lot of people. I don't want it. So, to avoid this, how about you just come out and say, hey, because Cersei don't want to kill you. That line when he said, when he told him, like, she feels uh, keeping a wolf alive than dead is a better, like, will be better use of it. And I'm like, oh, that's a bar. So, she, so you know, he's trying to persuade him to just be like, look, just come to the people, say, uh, admit that everything you said was some bullshit. And you good. You don't have to die. You can live out your days at the wall, you know, with your bastard son and your brother. You know, it's not the best, but you alive. But what he didn't realize is he was appealing to a motherfucker who could care less about death. I said, oh. And that was something else I realized. I used to come down on Ned all the time. Because I'd watch and watch and I'd be like, God, he's so stupid. He just jumps out the window like he's not tactical, you know. But when I rewatch, like as I'm really rewatching, I was like, oh, it's because he a gangster. He wasn't dumb. He just didn't give a shit. And that's powerful. I mean, it didn't work out for him. You know what I'm saying? When keeping it real goes wrong, that's like the definition. But I appreciated him when he said that line to uh, Varys and told him, looked at him and said oh you must think my life is something precious to me i said oh bars bars i dropped the mic i had to pause the tv i said oh that was hard oh my god i'm like this is what i'm talking about y'all i know i like super geek out when i do this part when I do like these, the Game of Thrones and shit. Cause I like, I mean, I like this shit. I like talking though. Obviously. Microphone, you guys, you see what it is. But I appreciate dialogue over everything. Like, I watched a billion movies where there is zero action, but the wordplay is so fucking masterful. I'm like, this is the greatest shit I've ever seen. So I'm a person that appreciates the fucking tongue tango, if you will. I don't even know if that makes sense, but you feel me. So when he looked and said, you must think <laughs> that I'm somebody who think my life to be precious. I said, God, that was just his way. I said, I don't give a fuck, nigga. I die right here. I don't care. And that put a pause in Varys for a second. But then he reminded him like, okay, I respect that gangster. But how about your daughters? Does their life mean anything to you? And that's what, you know, <coughs> You can only be gangster when it comes to yourself. But the second you have kids, like your life, your responsibilities, it's no longer about you. It's all about the preservation of your people, your family, your kids. 
and how they gonna end up. And, he, and that's what took his that's what took the air out of his sails. That was tough talking to you, bring up his baby girls, and it's like fuck. He's got a point there. Me, I could die tomorrow, I don't give a shit. But my baby's getting hurt, that's something different. And these people are capable of doing terrible things to my daughter. So alright. So that gave him something to think about. And um while they doing that, we go to the uh war camp with Ty uh with Tywin. Send it up and this way he lets him know, like, yeah, you and your crew, front and center. That's where y'all gonna be. And I love how Tyrion just looked at his father like, it's clearly there's better ways to get me killed than this. Like, are we are we dead ass? Like this this is the way I'ma go. And and Tywin just looked at him, and then he just lost his appetite. He left out, but the way Tywin looked at him, like I don't know what that look was. I, I I honestly, because I'm conflicted when it comes to Tywin's feelings on Tyrion, because from the perspective, like the easy perspective is, yeah, put my son out front and center, and I could get rid of him because I never liked him. That seems like an easy, like, boom, that takes care of itself. He fought honorably. We could have a nice burial or burn your body, whatever. And you could at least die with some honor. That seems like the easy Tywin. But I always think it's something more complicated to Tywin. Like, not so much that he hates Tyrion. More so it's like, I'm not about to, like, if you were James, like, treat him just as an equal son. Not treating him like the half man. Like, if if Jamie needed to get his child, if, if Jamie acted in the way that you did, you know, careless, doing this, and I would put him up front and center. If he put himself in a fucked up situation, I would put him up there to fight. So I, I felt like it's just holding him accountable. I don't think Tywin is really trying to get him killed. But I could be wrong. You know, I'd be digging too deep. But Tywin... all. It, Tywin and Tyrion's relationship has always been a thing that I've been on both sides about. Like, I fight with my, I argue with myself. I'm like, does Tywin really love Tyrion, like, low-key? And just treats him like an equal. Like, I don't see him as a half-man. I see him, I don't see him as a person with a disability. I just see him as my son who is a piece of shit. And my wife died giving birth to a piece of shit. All he does is whore and get drunk. And that's why he's mad. And not that he's none of that. It's just that if you were like, he could come out exactly like that, but if he was an upstanding dude, I don't think he'd hold no ill will toward his son. And, but Tyrion's thing is always, you know, I'm the freak of the family and father never liked me for that. And I just think that's an easy cop out. You know what I'm saying? Just putting more smut on the great Tywin's name. But anyway, it's wartime. And I do like how Tyrion came out, oh, well, that night before, right? Uh, Bronn brings him a new little little piece. And she's not like any other one, any other whores he had. She could hold a conversation, and she ain't going for the shit. And he instantly takes a liking to her. Hell, I take a liking to her. You know what I'm saying? Bronn is always coming through. But you see, uh, the but the most important thing is... We see where that that hate that Tyrion has for his father, but he still you can see why he still loves his brother because you know his brother was doing what he thought 
was right setting up the whole rape scene which is nasty like did anybody else when Tyrion told that story about how the girl had a clothes stripped and it was two rapers coming to get her and Jamie saves her and then he nurses her back to health with food and and then when he breaks it down and, and tells you like oh yeah uh Jamie has set that whole thing up because he thought that it was time for me to get laid I'm like only some sick sister fucking dude would consider setting up a rape scene in which Tyrion's not even the hero in this he's the the babysitter of the almost raped so you fed her and then you got some ass how you I was just like that is where's the strip club my guy like if you thought your little brother it was time why not just take him to a really nice whorehouse it's several in town. You have lots of money. Why do we have to set up this elaborate shit for Tyrion? So, I mean, if you question that, then you got to question the kind of kid that Tyrion was. In order, if at 16, you felt it was time for your brother to get some, but you felt the only way he was going to do it is if it came with some type of nobility, then that means that at 16, Tyrion was a real sweetheart. Like, just like, no, you know, I'm going to wait till I find love before I have sex. Not the Tyrion we know now. Not the debaucherous Tyrion. He had to be something completely opposite of himself. So it's almost funny that Jamie sets up this elaborate shit and then Tyrion falls in love, as Tyrion would, because back then he was a lover. And then Tywin, to teach him the difference between whores and, and what House of Dragon would call lady wives is that your lady wife cannot be bought with silver. Meanwhile, this one you're about to marry, which that you married, I'm about to give her silver to fuck everybody around here. And I'm going to make you watch. So that turned... So the thing is so funny because the thing that Tywin hates about Tyrion is what Tywin turned Tyrion into. He created this monster. And it was a sad story. Like, you feel bad for Tyrion because it's like, Yo, them, your whole, your, all the men in your family are disgusting, bro. Like, that's tough. Brian even said, I'd kill the man who did that to me. Message. Message. And, you know, I love how uh, his girl, the new, the, I can't think of her name, but the new lady that was up in the tent. I love how she said, you should know she was a whore. You mean to tell me, she was running from getting raped and then like two hours later after some chicken, she ready to fuck. That sounds, and he's like, dear, like, look, man, I know like hindsight. Yes. I was 16 though. So it was like, damn, shoot him some bail. But you, but we get it. And Tyrion goes into battle, knock the fuck out. But what I liked about it is his speech. Tyrion is a true leader. He gives you, like, look, he may be hesitant. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to be on the front line. But he does it. When Lady Stark was getting attacked in the mountain, he knew, like, okay, she is clearly confused. I'm not going to let her die here. So he jumped out there to fight a man three times the size and win and catch a body. It's like Tyrion will give it his all. 
once he's in the situation, whether he wants to be there or not. His father told him what it was. He made he he fucking was upset against it. But when it came time, he gave a rousing speech. They chanted half man. Got him all riled up. And he was ready to go out there and fight with him. And probably would have died had he not got knocked out by one of his own people by accident first. Which is hilarious. But uh, he wakes up to find out that they won that battle. But only because it was just 2000, not the 20. And I love when Tyrion's asking for a report from Tywin about the war. He's like, well, did we at least get the boy? Did we get uh, Rob? He's like, no, we didn't. And Tyrion's like, well, where is he? And Tywin goes with his other 18,000 men. And I'm like, oh, Tywin's a fucking genius. Like, that is... He knows that he's been had. Cut to, we got Jamie now. And Jamie does what Jamie does best when he's in front of Rob. Tries to use, he tries to play against the man's ego. That whole, I'm better than you. Like, come on, fight me. We could put this to bed right now. Like, like this motherfucker's uh, Achilles from Troy. We ain't got to do this. Just one man versus one man. Whoever wins, we go our separate ways. And... Rob just simply lets him know, like, no, my guy, no. Because if we fight 1v1, one, one one, you win. Not having it. We're doing it my way. So where I win. So I'm respecting Rob. But before all this, they had to cross the bridge. Before any of these interactions happened, Rob had to march his army across the bridge. And uh, was it Lord Frey? William Frey? He runs the shit. We all know William Frey. Oh, God. And we all fucking hate him. But I must say, as old and as creepy as he is, he too was a gangster. Lady Stark volunteered. Like, I've known him since I was a, a child. I'm like, who gives a shit? And when, he, when she walked in there, that's exactly what he said. Who gives a shit? I know who you are. Why I got to be nice to my own palace? Son's constantly being like, show some respect. He's like, what the fuck? Like, what? This is my crib. This is my kingdom. And her people don't fuck with me. He had that talk like, oh, now you need me. I got all these fucking sons and daughters unmarried. Your father didn't want to link us up at all with none of his, with none of mine. Now you need to cross the bridge. Now you need me. Now we're good friends. Now we're going to pretend like your people ain't shit on me. So I understand. I truly do. I think we all understand the William Frey. Because we all got a friend. We all got associates. Like Lady Stark. Who don't fuck with us all year. Maybe for years. We throw parties. We send invites. The little e-vice. They don't attend. They don't do none of that shit. But if they in a jam... Or if they need us to put in a good word for them for something, here they come. Hey, you think you could write me a referral? Hey, you, I got them calling. You think you could? Hey, um, my car broke down. I know you stay around the way. You think you could uh, come scoop me? What? My guy, you didn't answer none of my evites. I ordered extra chicken and fries thinking you was coming. You hit maybe, my guy. You could just tell me no. So we all have been there and we've all felt that way. Like, man, fuck you. You only want me when you need me, 
But you don't fuck with me anytime outside of that. So, as much as we hate William Furry, we cannot ignore the fact. All right? That, yeah. He's right. We are so Team Stark. I know a lot of y'all are when you're watching this part. A lot of y'all so Team Stark that you're like, man, this fucking piece of shit old dude, like, just help us out so we can get across this bridge. Yeah, that's called entitlement. Y'all falling victim to it. So let's not kill William Frey for how he feels. And uh, But he worked it out. So now Rob has to get married to one of his daughters and Arya has to get married to one of his sons when she comes of age. I say, yo, that's going to be the tougher sale. Arya getting married? Like, yeah, that one. Shit. I'd have been like, damn, you could Because they have another little, little brother. I'm like, you know, how about we... Because Arya's a hard sale. I don't... I know, and I know Arya loves her family. But in no way, in no circumstance, unless there was knife to throat, do I think Arya would go through with marrying any dude that she did not choose herself so this whole deal was doomed to fail even if rob goes through with everything on his end following through with that aria shit short of her dying herself i don't think that would have ever happened so yeah they started that negotiation on yeah fuck it we'll take care of him later get across this bridge now uh but i do respect rob he made a good tactical move by sending dude and letting him know, like, we got 20000 So he got uh, Tywin all pumped up. Remember when he let the scout go? He let Tywin know, like, hey, he got 20000 I'm like, yeah, let him know that. So when they see I'm marching, I'm not bringing 20. I'm bringing two. And we're going to take my other 18 around the corner. And I like how Rob set that up right then and there on the spot. He was like, I could use this to my advantage. But I also like the way... He didn't want to celebrate this huge victory um, because he just sacrificed 2,000 people. Like, could y'all, any of y'all imagine being in a position where you set up a plan where 2,000 people die? Like, guaranteed, they're not coming back. How do you choose those 2,000? How do you have that conversation? And how do you sleep knowing, like, that's 2,000 families that just got fucked by your decision and it's like that's a heavy burden and i felt like he wore that pretty good so you you just learn to fall in love with rob but uh it's never easy being on top everybody want to be on top but when you got to make them type of decisions you know so he checks everybody's uh excitement like man this shit ain't over till it's over so we got one half so so far so good he's got jamie and that's a huge piece Cause they didn't have nothing, while all the Lannisters had they uh, the father and the sisters. So, um, meanwhile, meanwhile, out there in Dothraki land, the call is fucked up. Now, I know that the lady was supposed to heal him, and that was a little scratch. So it's looking like she poisoned him, right? Like this was on purpose. So now that Khaleesi's out bad. Everybody told her she's a witch. Stay away from her. But Khaleesi is just so anti-slavery, which I'm not mad at. You know, that she wanted to make a point. Like, you already saved these women. You didn't need to go the extra mile in showing the value of said women by allowing one to, like, save the life of your husband, who 
life was not necessarily in danger. I'm sure there was a fucking, like, you mean tell me all the Dothraki, anytime they get a fucking wound, there was nobody ever to sew them up or clean the wound? Like, they're a battle culture. I would think somebody in a tribe would be equipped to helping him out. It was no need for her. So Khaleesi took a gamble and it fucked her. Cause now call is fucked up. Um, he's on death's door. Now she's desperate. Cause Jorah let her know like, yo, I'm preparing our escape. Cause when he dies, this whole shit goes away. Everybody's going to fight for power. I mean, look at how they celebrate parties. 10 people die when they have a party. Can you imagine what's going to happen when they fighting for power? I couldn't even, I couldn't, I, I couldn't even tell you. But apparently some blood magic is about to happen to save Drogo's life. And at the same time, her baby is coming. But the dude, that other uh, Dothraki told Jorah, like, I heard the, I overheard them talking, saying that Khaleesi's cursed. That baby ain't coming. It's not happening. And nobody can help her. So, Khaleesi's life is looking real. It's on shaky ground right now. This is the only, like, this is, she's been in power and on top for so long, she forgot what it was like to be on the bottom. Now it's real. Now her life is in danger. And everything that she started, so it's looking real bad out there. Uh, What else we got to go into? We did the war. We did Tyrion. Oh. John at the wall. John at the wall. So he's greeted by the commander of the wall. And, you know, John learns a lot. He gets a Valyrian sword as a thank you for saving my life. You know, then that's when I, my dumb ass, found out that that's Jorah's dad. I'm like, wow. Okay. So that relationship was there. He's feeling a little proud of himself and he's getting some accolades. Got some haters over there in the corner, but it's whatever. And um, he has a talk with the the blind Citadel leader. And he lets him know, like, yo, you're going to be faced with a choice. And I had to make mine. And he has a discussion all to let him know, like, yo, you got to make the cho- You got to make the choice and you got to live with it. And when he and that's when he found out he was a uh, make not not maker, like Aris Targaryen. Or something. I forgot the name. They say it so quick. It's like. I don't know, but he's a Targaryen. But what I liked about that scene, I did like that conversation because of the anger he got when he retold the story. He was like, I was cool here. He passed up the throne. He could have had it. Didn't want it. And then he's like calm, but then he gets increasingly mad when he talks about how he hears about how his brother got murdered his nephews and then he was like the little babies you know what i'm saying like he just started increasingly getting and you felt that and i was like damn that's a powerful scene and it, and, it, and you know what that scene also reminds me of there is no small characters in game of thrones if they get airtime if they are on screen and they have lines there's somebody important or they move this story in some way because before this I would have just disregarded him as the blind old guy at the wall that just keeps books and shit. And you don't even realize just how important he is himself is and what he sacrificed 
to be where he is now for right or wrong. Who knows? Flip the coin. He took over the kingdom. Everything could have been beautiful. So it's just so huge. So there is no minor character in uh, Game of Thrones because they behead major ones. And that's how this, that's how, that's why Game of Thrones is so good. You have this situation where Ned, uh, clearly a star. He was probably the most known actor to me when I first watched it. I'm like, yeah, I know this guy from other movies. Like, yeah, I know this dude. Yeah. He was a detective or a cop in this, and he was a warrior in this. Like, yeah, I like that guy. Yeah, I know him. He was a bad guy in this. Like, yeah, I know this dude. I'm I'm thinking about what movie he's in now, but I cannot for the life of me say it. So, <clears throat> but yeah, and he's built up to be such a major character that when he decides to say, "Hey, I'll do this for my daughters," this goes against any. This is the one time, well, twice, that he goes against his honor. Oh, before I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. They also had a conversation with Jon Snow about his father and about the choices he made, you know, and how his father's one in a thousand. And at that same time, now we go back. He goes against all that for his kids. It was basically a foreshadowing. That whole wall scene was a foreshadowing of what was to come for Ned and John later on. You know what I mean? So... Ned is there in front of these people that hate him and he is telling these lies in order to save the lives of his daughters. He could care less about himself, exile me, kill me, whatever, just to make sure my children are good. He does all this. The plan goes well. And here comes fucking Joffrey. The start of a reign of the worst king I've ever seen who, when I first was watching Game of Thrones, it was a time where I'd question myself, like, if by chance I was at a Whole Foods and I saw Joffrey, right? Now, I know he's just a character on TV, but God, would I throw fucking like a mango at his head or some shit? Like, I felt like I would just throw just a, a half the produce out of his ass, hit him with a bag of unsalted sunflower seeds just to say, fuck your character. Like, I'm sorry. Because I, but the boy, Joffrey acts so well that I hate him in real life. So I got to say kudos to Joffrey. I don't know his real name. I'm not interested. Don't nobody message me his real name. I don't give a shit about his government. But he's a good goddamn actor and fuck him. So he goes against that <laughs> and uh, decides to cut Ned's head off. And now this is the holy shit moment for everybody that's ever got into Game of Thrones. Nobody saw that coming. We thought that some fucking Robin Hood arrow would appear out the crowd and save uh, Ned last minute. But uh, what we do notice is Ned looks around. Now, there's uh, several things in this in this scene that I want to point out. Arya doesn't see the beheading of her father. She's protected. Sansa does. And I think it's important that we note that. Because a lot of people may have beef with Sansa. And then she goes, but 
Sansa to me has had like that's why I'm so excited about this rewatch. But Sansa to me has had such a fucking rough life. One would say, I would say, arguably worse than Arya, for sure. Arya had it rough. She had to get it out the mud, literally in the streets, fall for her life. Easy to root for her. Easy to root for Arya. Sansa, though, this day began Sansa's long, hard, miserable journey. I couldn't even, I couldn't even imagine being in Sansa's shoes. And that gives me so much more respect for her watching this again because I'm like, oh, our fearless warrior Arya doesn't even see her father die. Meanwhile, Sansa, thinking she saved her father, not only was unsuccessful, now has to scream and watch him get his head cut off and know it was by her future husband. So it's tough. So I saw that in that scene. That was something I definitely look for it. I, look, I definitely seen. It was another thing. I saw this piece that come over Ned. At first, he was shocked when he heard Joffrey's words. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. I just did this for no reason. But then there's a point where he's looking confused, and he sees the... He's looking around, but then he sees that Arya's not there at the statue. He looks over and sees Sansa. And then he has this calm that says, okay, this wasn't planned. I wasn't supposed to die, but... I held up my end enough <clears throat> that my daughters would be okay. And that's when he laid his head down. And then one clean ass sweep, that head came off. And that's what I love about Game of Thrones. Because no character is small, you can kill the supposed big ones off. You could kill an Ed Stark because everybody has such an interesting storyline, whether we know it or not. And that's what made this show so amazing. Anybody could get it because anybody was everybody. See what I just did there? Think about that. That's why the show is so good. Uh, what I didn't like about this episode, though. What I didn't like. And it's only, it was only one thing. I did not appreciate us not being able to see the physical war. I was tight. I wanted to see the fighting. Like, there was two wars fought, and we didn't get to see none. We was just as knocked out as fucking Tyrion. But, um, yeah, that was it. I would have liked to see the violence in that one. We didn't even get to see Ned's head come off. So, but other than that, man, it was perfect. So, uh, yeah. Oh, what am I doing? Tomorrow is Ring of Power, the series. So I figured I'd promote it on this one since we're all Game of Thrones it out right now. It seems to be in. Yes, uh, I will have those out. It seems like on Fridays. So on Friday, look out for a review on Ring of Power on Prime Video. Yes. Well, that's it, man. Protect your health, yourself, your wealth, man. Your boy Rail is out of here. Peace. Yo, I know I don't need no introduction, but y'all know who it is, man. It's your boy, Hollywood Rail. And I appreciate you for sliding through and watching these videos. But you know what I need from you? All right, if you ain't already, I need you to like this and subscribe this, man. We at 1,000 trying to get to two, all right? Push it for your boy. Get them algorithms up. So when it comes to that subscribe button...